All right, welcome back to the South Coast End Zone podcast, where we talk all about high school football. Alongside Standard Times sports editor Lori Los, I'm digital sports editor Brennan Curie, and uh, we're bringing back the Facebook Live today. We still haven't solved all of our audio issues. We're going to try to talk a little bit louder. I know it's Can a little echoey. Can you hear us? Can you hear here. us now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're we'll be the Verizon guy, right? Yes. Or not, now he's a sprint, sprint guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, if hopefully you uh, can hear us. And uh, we asked earlier if anyone had any questions. We didn't get any questions to answer. So uh, if anyone has any while we're live here, we are going to be uh, keeping an eye on it and seeing if anyone has any questions. We'll answer them live. So uh, let's dive in here. We're into week two of the playoffs. Yeah, we have three playoff teams left. Uh, Dartmouth, uh, Old Rochester, and Wareham. So... So we had two two drop out in the first round. New yep. Bedford and Old Colony lost, and then uh, so that leeves us with uh, six teams still uh, in the non-playoff side of things. Yeah, so it's a week, a, f- a full week of action. Yeah, yeah, everyone's playing, and everybody's playing on Friday night as well. So makes for an action-packed night. So everyone's got to decide where they're going to go. So uh, we might as well start off with the uh, the road playoff game. Uh, right. Dartmouth is visiting Hopkinton uh, on Friday night at 7 p.m. in the Division Four South semifinals. Uh, and Dartmouth, I mean, this past week ended up beating Nosset, uh 21 to seven. But really, they had a lot of penalties in that first half. They had, a, you know, a lot of mistakes in that first half, and and it was tied seven seven. You know, going into late in the game, um, and then the fourth quarter, they ended up scoring two touchdowns to to pull out the win and pull out the vic- you know the playoff win. Kind of was closer than the score appears. Yeah, and uh, I talked to Rick White yesterday, and he was just saying, you know, how much you know they just were completely you know um, not in sync in that first half. I th- I don't know if it was eleven penalties they had or thirteen penalties in the first half, but he said, you know, they just had so many issues with that that if they need to clean that up for this week because Hopkinton is undefeated uh the number one seed in uh division four south uh they do compete in the tri-valley league which I don't think is as strong as old colony league I mean Mm. there's more teams obviously than the the OCL but Dartmouth played a very tough out of conference schedule too so So, um but I mean the Hillers they're uh I think they're pretty legit at least their defense uh they've only given up 49 points in eight games and that includes four shutouts so that's probably like seven a game or something. Yeah. Basically a score a game, probably. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and uh, this past week, they ended up beating Pembroke. It was uh, 13 to zero. So they only put 13 points on the board, um, but they shut out Pembroke. And uh, Rick was kind of saying that, you know, when the offense isn't clicking for them, he's found that, you know, for uh, for um, Hopkinton, that their defense is so strong, it makes up for their offense, which mm-hmm. a lot of people can say that for Dartmouth. I mean, I was at the Attleboro game, I think it was week two, and they only scored one touchdown, but they ended up winning because the defense, you know, pitched the shutout. So I think it's going to be two evenly matched teams as far as kind of, you know, maybe the offense isn't, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of the, 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 the strength of the team and the defenses are really strong. Um, but, I mean, can we say enough about Nolan Ellis? I mean, this kid... Ooh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, he threw uh, another touchdown pass to um, Dane Ashton this past week, and I uh, was seven of twelve passing for seventy yards, and just you know, a ton of composure for a young kid. You know, I mean, it it you don't he doesn't look like what what is he a sophomore out there? Sophomore, he yeah. yeah, he looks like a sophomore too. He's not. Yeah, he's not what you know. True Williams over New Bedford, who looks like a senior when he's a you know. Sometimes you get those kids who look older. Yeah, yeah. he looks like a sophomore, but he plays like a senior. Yeah, and he, and he really has just a lot of composure and just you know he, he's he's soaking everything up like he's a sponge. You know, he just you know he's showed something once and he picks it up right away. Or and he's always a- asking questions. I'm sure, Nate's helping out at home too yes. at night uh, with a little extra playbook study. <laughs> um, but uh, Luke Tisdale had another big. 
game. He had two rushing touchdowns this past week against Nossett, and he had had a big performance the week before uh, against Barnsley. He's Barnsable. really coming on. I wonder if they've uh, switched up some of the, you know, where he's running the ball. Or maybe I think the line is playing a little bit better now, better, too. So. Yeah, opening up some holes. And he had near, uh, he had 99 yards this past week. So, I mean, you know, if you have Nolan thro- being able to throw the ball to somebody like, uh, you know, Dane and, and then uh, Luke, you know, being able to, to provide that, that rushing attack, you, you'll have that to, you know, to kind of, you know, balance attack there. And I think that's what Dartmouth's really going to need this week. Um, you know, again, stay away from turnovers. Yes. Turnovers, penalties, um, and also just really um, keeping Hopkinton kind of off balance a little bit. You know, they, uh, Rick was saying that they want to try and get more guys involved. Like he doesn't want to just only throw to Dane. Like mm. he, he wants to have some more guys kind of step up. And they up. got Eric Vieira. Yep. And they got it, a few other. Yeah, he uh, said ben a couple. Aronson yep, a couple of some of the, some of the younger guys too have been stepping in some of the sophomore receivers as well as uh, they've, uh, they've been showing some promise. Um, but this game, I mean, it, you know, it's a number four against number one. So obviously Dartmouth is the underdog in this one. Um, but, and you know, on the road. Yep, they're on the road. But there's no pressure. Like Rick was saying, there's really no pressure when you're the underdog, yep. you know. So um, so they're going to go up there and they're going to try nothing and to lose. try and pull off the upset. Hey, I, I, yeah, I'd say this, this one looks like close to a toss up. I don't know. Just yeah. from looking at some of the numbers and stuff. It, uh, you know, they may, like you said, they may be uh, the, the four seed against the one seed. But this looks like a, a possibly winnable game for Dartmouth. It's not like Hopkinton's going to put up 40 and, yeah. and blow and, the game away. And, so if it's 13 or 12 and Dartmouth gets a couple touchdowns. Yeah. Right and uh, I mean, really, Rick was saying that, uh, you know, he know, you know, it's it's not easy to stay undefeated for our whole season. Yeah. And, you know, Hopkinton comes in at, at 8-0 and and he said, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to, 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 you know, win this game and keep going. And he said, we're just going to go there and we're going to pl- hopefully play our best and, and, you know, see what we got. Well, so I'm actually the next game we're going to talk about old Rochester. They went into the playoffs <laughs> undefeated last year. And, uh, Justin yep. Kogler's kind of almost felt like it was a little bit, I don't know if it was a blessing, Dis- but uh, disadvantage a silver year. lining this yeah. year. Yeah. To, it was uh, that they came in with a loss and they'd kind of experienced that and gone through yep. some adversity. Yeah. Well, last year they ended up, uh, like you said, going in undefeated and they faced Dighton Rehoboth in that first game. And, you know, it's a familiar team, you know, a South Coast Conference team. And just, I think they had seven or eight turnovers. I was at that game. It was horrible. Um, you know, and they ended up suffering the loss and really, you know, kind of takes away all, all that you do during the regular season yep. once you go in the playoffs because it's one and done, you know. Ask, so Ask 2007 Patriots. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, so, you know, Old Rochester this past week uh, ended up coming out and beating um, – Dedham, uh, thirty-four to twenty-one to get their first playoff win since two thousand thirteen. So it's it had been a little bit, a little while. And it was and you were at that game. It was it was also a closer game, maybe in the score looks. Yeah, you know the first half, uh, Old Rochester didn't really uh, play that well. Um, I mean, you know that they it seemed like they couldn't really sustain a lot of drives. Um, Dedham scored first. Uh, and then uh, Dedham was about to score again, and, and they were going to, you know, Old Rochester look like they were going to go down uh, fourteen nothing. And uh, Drew Johnson uh, intercepted a, a pass, brought it back seventy-seven yards, brought it back. I think it was to like the five-yard line uh, for Dedham and Harry Smith. <laughs> walked in for, from uh, a for, name we have i don't think we've mentioned all year to a name we've mentioned yes uh, every single episode you know, so so instead of it being 14 nothing even though old rochester they missed an extra point they ended up pulling it seven six mm-hmm. so completely different game you know by being down two scores to being down a point you know it really was just that that i think was the biggest game uh biggest play of the whole game um but harry smith had three rushing touchdowns in the game um, and his biggest play, though, was on defense. Uh, just uh, early in the f- uh, third quarter, Old Rochester got the ball, and you know, on the opening drive, and they ended up turning it over. Um, I'm not sure who got the credit for the turnover. That was the big controversy. Oh, I thought press, it was press box controversy. Yeah, well, I, well, I thought it was Harry, but it looked like it was 
you know, partially, you know, um, uh, looked like it could have been the quarterback. I don't know who exactly. Like it was, on the exchange. Yeah, exchange. On the yeah. So, um, but as soon as that happened, I mean, Harry was a completely different player out there. He came out with a vengeance on Dedham's next drive. He ended up um, picking off the quarterback and returning it. It was like 63 or 65 yards. Uh, his first pick six of his career. Yeah, um, good for Harry. Yeah. Not many things he hasn't done. So. No. So, and he said, you know, it's my first playoff win. Uh, my first pick six. He said, this was awesome. Uh, you know, and that really Checking just. off the bucket list. Yeah. That was just the, uh, com- the, the play that they needed at that point, And then they just kind of cruised from there. I mean, that really just gave them tons of momentum. And then Harry ended up adding another uh, big touchdown run. I forget how many yards it was for, you know, it was over 50 yards. Um, you know, and now he has 21 on the season, including the, the pick six, which is the area best along with uh, Isaac Nazimento yeah. from, from Wareham. So uh, he's getting the job done. Uh, you know, they did pass the ball a little bit more. Um, uh, Cole McIntyre. This past week, he ended up completing three of five passes for 86 yards. Definitely a season high there. Yeah, and one of the one of the passes, it looked like it was going to be a touchdown, and we were all saying, "Oh my God, is this going to be Old Rochester's first touchdown?" And then the kid got um, uh, stopped. Uh, I think it was maybe around the 10 yard line or, or inside the 10, and and uh, he got held out of, out of the end zone. Um, but uh, I'd say the big uh, thing was Will Garcia. You know, he yeah, was, it seemed like Dedham had a little game plan for him. Yeah, I and I mean, he carried the ball 11 times, but uh, he only had 36 yards so he had to little work a little bit and he was held out of the end zone for the first time this year so i think this week i mean you know i mean harry had a huge game but i think they'll need to kind of get both of that those guys going to have that kind of two-headed monster um you know to that most teams haven't been able to stop it's interesting because so. nobody's it doesn't seem like anyone's really tried to stop will garcia yet you know no. like, like early in the season you know because basically they run harry right up the middle I mean, he's running between the tackles pretty much every carry. And Garcia is running outside of the tackles. And a lot sometimes of inside. And runs. Yeah. A little bit inside, but for the yeah. majority. And then, uh, and you know, so it seemed like early on teams were filling up the box and making sure Harry couldn't run. And so Will was breaking these runs on the outside, getting to the edge. So I'm guessing, I mean, I wasn't at the game, but I'm guessing Dedham was really in, con- intent on setting the edge and making sure you couldn't get around the outside of the defense. Um, yeah, which probably well, opened I mean, up a little more on the inside. I think, I think, I think, uh, I mean, well, it seemed like most of, most of his carries were up the middle because I know that was something Justin had said going into that game last week is that he had been surprised with Will's success, you know, in between the tackles as opposed to on the edge this season, and that's you know what the biggest surprise for him was. So I mean, some of his, some of his. Uh, so they, the old Rogers has never tried to go to the outside in the game. Uh, I, I mean, a, a few times. I mean, he carried yeah. the ball eleven, so I mean, maybe I three or four of the times. That's what they were seeing out of Dedham's defense. Yeah, was so I mean, they were lining up their outside linebackers. A little yeah, wider um, yeah. I mean, it just it really just seemed that like he was just clogged in the middle. Like you know, whenever he got the ball, it was like a, a, another a, you know defensive player was right there. Um, so I mean, so maybe this was one where they were trying to, to stop him and you know maybe he's earned that name for himself you know yeah. where where they were kind of keying on him um but old rochester faces a rockland team that competes in the south shore sullivan division uh and they won their first playoff game in 17 years uh with last week's 14 to 3 win over cardinal spellman so uh congratulations to rockland getting in here um you know and i know uh dedham had the same kind of situation they hadn't been in a playoff game god I don't know, since the, what was that? I forgot the year, but it was in like the 90s. Yeah, they used yeah. 20 years or something. Yeah, over yeah. 20 years. Um, you know, and uh, they're also the Bulldogs as well, Rockland. And they their uh, big one of their big plays was a 91-yard um, uh, run by Jimmy Fitz, Fitzgerald in the first half of that game. And they only put, ended up scoring 14 points. And they don't, 
they haven't been scoring a lot of points this year. Uh, they're averaging a, just about 18 and a half a game, while the defense has only given up a little bit over 10 a game. So yeah. this is a team that, that, you know, is playing pretty solid defense, but, you know, not putting a ton of points on the board, you know, unlike old Rochester, Rochester um, who can put a lot of points on the board. Um, but they've uh, held the opposition in single digits five different times this season um, with a shutout. So it's going to be a strong defense. It'll probably see how well can that defense you know, try and stop uh, old Rochester's rushing attack, which, you know, whether it's been ha- just Harry or it's been Will or it's been the combination of the two, I mean, hasn't r- been stopped yet this year. No, yeah. no one stopped both of them. That's, no, yeah. no, that's for sure. And I feel like if you, if one of them is on at least, I mean, that's they have a shot in every game. Yeah. So, uh, and that game is a uh, Rockland at old Rochester. It's the division six South semifinals at 7 PM on Friday night. And remember, everyone out there, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to ask them on uh, on the Facebook Live there on South Coast Varsity. Well, it looks like we have one oh, person have that said, nope, uh, it oh. says, let's go green, DHS Tribe. So. All right, we got a little uh, Dartmouth pride there. <laughs> so, yeah, go to Facebook.com slash South Coast Varsity MA, and uh, you can ask us any questions. Uh, we'll be going for another uh, probably 15, 20 minutes here, so yep, send them in. All right. Uh, the third playoff game on uh, on Friday night is uh, Sacred Heart is visiting Wareham in the Division Eight South semifinals. Um, Wareham is coming off of uh, a big win over Hull. Uh, was it thirty six to, to fourteen in that game? Brendan, yep. you were at that game. I was at that game, and that's the score where uh, Wareham actually won by more, could have won by more than that. The the score didn't necessarily reflect it the other direction on that one. It was not that close a game. Um, Hull was able to do a couple things. They rode the pass the ball a little bit. Wareham will definitely have to shore up a little bit of its pass defense. But uh, for the most part, it was just kind of a mismatch out there. I mean, uh, Wareham was up 16 nothing before Hull ran an offensive play. Yes. And uh, <laughs> the Vikings, uh, you know, they had some interesting little trick plays out there. They actually scored twice on kind of the same... Um, interesting play that they kind of reverse where Isaac Nascimento and um oh gosh I'm blank um, um Gilly uh Hollow were, were, were kind of playing who's taking the snap and then uh they would lateral it out and then it was kind of an uh, run run pass option on the lateral and they scored a couple times on that play uh but you know the, it was the usual kind of story no one no one could stop Isaac yes um and then uh well except the, uh, the guy stepped out on his hand well that was I was about to say that's the, probably the, the the most interesting part coming out of that game is yeah. how health healthy as Isaac Nazimento. Um. And I saw his hand afterwards. Uh, he had some tape on it. It was definitely visibly swollen and it looked like there were a couple maybe spike marks yep. um, where he'd gotten stepped on. But uh, my guess is it won't affect him carrying the ball this week. I, I would be very shocked if it affected that. But it could. Probably, it is his right hand, so it could possibly affect how, how able he is to throw the ball. And, um, and he is, I talked to Bob Lomp last night, and he is the quarterback from this day vo- forward. You know, he's going to be. So no, you know, more, no more lineup Zion or uh, Hollow. He says that, or, but who knows? Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe uh, some uh, false signals yeah, being sent out there. The, depending on the game. But uh, last week, Isaac had what? A quarter sometimes yeah. with them. Yeah. Uh, he had three uh, throwing touchdowns, and uh, he had two more rushing touchdowns. So he has 21 on the season uh, touchdowns, along with seven uh, passing, passing touchdowns. touchdowns so. Yeah. <laughs> and he's uh, kind of on pace probably to break his own yeah we were just talking about this a record, few minutes ago single season school record yeah he scored at 27 last year and right now he's at 21 so we have with uh, minimum three games to yeah, go yeah you know three games left so that would be two per game you know to, to tie that record and possibly break it so um, and, uh, and he's averaging uh, <laughs> it, uh, 21 in eight games so I'm two and a half a game yeah so, just yeah. about um, 
But they take on a Sacred Heart team that, uh, you know, I don't know if Bob Lomp ended up giving uh, Brendan Mendes a call or not, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> I think they went up and watched the game, actually. That was the plan. So yeah, I well, guess they were in the stands at Oliveira Field. Uh, yeah, um, Sacred Heart um, ended up advancing to the South semifinals with the win last week over Old Colony, 27 to 8. And um, that, you know, they ended up, they beat Old Colony twice this year, and that's Old Colony's only two losses. Only two losses. And it really was a close game. I mean, you say 27-8, that's not close. But uh, going into the the last two minutes, um, I want to say it was like 13-8. to eight. Yep. Old Colony had a scoring drive. It looked like they had scored, and it was a holding penalty. It got brought back. They ended up, you know, not getting in the end zone. Then, um, then Sacred Heart got the ball, fumbled. Old Colony got the ball back again. And then, um, you know, they ended up throwing uh, – or actually, maybe they scored. Then Old Colony ended up um, – Throwing an interception and that that sealed and the deal. Yeah, they got one. Yeah, kind of garbage time. Yeah, game. garbage time. So, uh, I mean, you know, this is a team that uh, kind of has been a little bit up and down this year. You know, they they ended up opening the season pretty strong and had a little bit of struggles um, as of late. But um, you know, they they had two rushing touchdowns this past week um, from a couple of their top guys. But uh, they they run the spread. Um, so you know, it'll be kind of interesting. Actually, not the spread, the wing tee. Um, so you know, I know Bob Lomp said that that they've been really familiar with uh, you know facing some teams that play the wing tee. He said compared them a lot to last week's opponent Hull, saying that oh, they do yeah. a lot of similar things um, to Hull. And you know, um, he said actually he hadn't really had a chance to watch a lot of film because he didn't have any electricity, Bob. Yeah, it's been an issue <laughs> so, over there in Wareham. So, and some uh, in of the uh, but he said some of the assistant coaches were watching it, and uh, you know, I guess they watched some at school. Um, but uh, I mean. I'm you sure know, he's down at the library or something. Yeah, doing right? something. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, with Isaac, I mean, if he's healthy or if he, even if he's a little banged up, I think he's still better than, you know, 90% yeah. of the players <laughs> out there. So, uh, You're still picking gonna, him first in the pickup game. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be uh, tough for uh, Sacred Heart to really kind of contain him, um, you know, Friday night. So. And uh, even went so Isaac went out uh, about middle of the third quarter, and and uh, he did say after the game that had it been a close game, had the game actually been on the line, yeah, uh, he would have continued to play. Yeah. Um, but then Elijah McAllister, uh, you know, who's who's kind of been at least in the games I've seen more of their kind of like their their big play specialist. Yep. He'd pop one here and there. Kind of became the consistent running back, and uh, they just kind of leaned on him. Yeah, sixteen carries, I think, and uh, yeah, about one hundred and fifty yards just yep. under. Um, so you know, he kind of proved that uh, you know he could kind of be that uh, every down back if need be. Yeah, and uh, Fernandes, legend. I mean, he had three catches for 72 yards and two scores, too. So he kind yeah. of, you know, really became Isaac's kind of top target in that game. Yeah, when he, when he got kind of behind the defense and yeah. uh, Isaac was able to throw it over the defense, and then the other one was a nice uh, leaping contested catch uh, kind of on the side of the end zone, uh, not quite in the back corner. But, uh, yeah, he was a couple of good catches there. So those are the three playoff games uh, Friday night. Uh, Wareham is at home to Sacred Heart. Uh, Old Rochester is at home to Rockland. And Dartmouth is at Hopkinton. And as always, you can uh, follow along with us on uh, Twitter at uh, SC underscore Varsity, on uh, Instagram at SC Varsity, on Snapchat at SC Varsity, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash South Coast Varsity MA. Um, we will be at all three of those games. Yes, we will. And uh, non-playoff games. Uh, Case is visiting Aponiquit Friday at 5 p.m., um, which we always welcome the, the earlier games. Uh, we love those. <laughs> More uh, of those, the better in our mind. Yeah, and both teams, they, they're uh, both kind of coming in uh, slumping. Um, you know, uh, Case ended up opening the season uh, with four straight wins, and they've lost four straight games now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, and they scored in their first four weeks 134 points, but their last four weeks only 52. So they've been struggling getting the, the job done on offense. Those teams are starting to figure out that uh, new offense they installed this year. Yeah, and, um, you know, last week they had, they played Archbishop Williams. They ended up losing. It was 42-14 to 14 in that game, and, uh, you know, they're – they just really couldn't stop. They had two different guys at Archbishop Williams um, that each found the end zone twice. Um, while both uh, touchdowns came on throws from Devin Prolix to uh, Chris Costa, which I feel like we've been mentioning those names. Yep. Yeah. Those, I mean, those are the two players you got to watch. Yeah. I saw him a couple weeks ago against Wareham, and those are definitely the two guys you really got to yeah. watch out for. So, I mean, uh, Costa's just a guy that you don't want him to get the ball in space and be able yeah, to. Yeah, he's very he's, athletic. Yeah. He's athletic. He's got long strides. He covers more. He gets down the field faster than you expect. I don't know. He does, one of those guys who doesn't look like he's running as fast as he is. Yeah. And then uh, Prue's just kind of, you know, a workmanlike guy. He can throw the ball all right. He can run it well, you know. Yeah, get the through. job done both ways. Yeah. Uh, but upon a quit, um, you know, this past week they ended up uh, losing 48-14 uh, to 14 to Bellingham. It was their fourth straight loss as well. Um, but, you know, we show some uh, some promise for the future. They had two freshmen that really, um, you know, had some big performances. One was uh, Chase Gorman, which we've talked about him a bunch of times. He's the freshman quarterback that stepped in when uh, Brent Dixon got injured against Volk, and they kind of moved Kobe around uh, from quarterback um, to the backfield. And uh, he threw a 32-yard touchdown pass in that game. And then Kevin Hughes, who is a freshman running back, he saw his first varsity action, and he up scoring on a 13-yard run. Oh, so, way to go, Kevin. Yeah, so, uh, you know, two kids that, you know, are young but, you know, are showing some potential and really, you know, something to build on for that future. Um, but, I mean, the way that both teams are kind of playing, I think this one is pretty much a toss-up, you know. I mean, Yeah, we'll see. I mean, normally I would have thought Case, but it does seem like uh, yeah. they're kind of They have a little bit more experience, bit, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that game is uh, Case at Aponiquet, 5 p.m. on Friday night. Uh, another non-playoff game, uh, Bourne is visiting uh, Bishop Stang Friday at 7 p.m. Uh, you know, uh, Stang has lost back-to-back games. Uh, they, they lost to Bishop Fian two, you know, two weeks ago and this past week to Fairhaven. Um, but they've shown pre- some glimpses of some pretty good play. Uh, you know, they've put 21, on the, uh, 21 points on the board both weeks. And this past week, they had 274 yards of total offense, and they fa- fell, down twi- fell behind twice in that game against Fairhaven and came back both times. First, they were do- down 14-0. They tied it up at 14-14. And then they ended up uh, going down 20 to 14 and they ended up coming back and taking the lead 21 to 20 uh, and, you know, in the fourth quarter and, you know, unfortunately, you know, Fairhaven coming back and beating them and they, you know, they suffered another, their fifth loss of the, or sixth loss of the season. But, you know, staying just, you know, showed that they, they have that resiliency and things are starting to click, but maybe not every play, every day, you know, every possession, you know, um, but, uh, Justin Lopes had a, had a huge game. He had two rushing touchdowns. Um, he also connected with Mike, uh, or Tim Pollux, um, for seven catches, uh, for a hundred yards. And, uh, Tim Manley had the, uh, the, the third touchdown for, for staying. So they're kind of getting a bunch of different guys involved offensively. Um, you know, so it's, Things are they starting definitely to have click. weapons, and yeah. uh, the defense has been pretty consistent all year, so we'll see if they can start to put it together here down the stretch. Yeah, and Bourne um, has come in. Uh, they, they suffered their fifth loss of the season um, this past week to Carver, 48-28 to uh, 28 in that game, and they've lost three out of their last four games. Um, they're averaging about t- almost 22 points per game, but giving up nearly 31. So this is a team that has struggled defensively to, to stop uh, the opposition. So I, mean, I feel like this is another one 
where, you know, flip a coin, you know, who wants yeah, it more? You got, you got a tough thing. job here with your picks this week. <laughs> yeah. And you're only leading Buddy by one. So I you know. Be anybody anybody want to help me make my picks? I haven't <laughs> done it yet. Um, but that game is uh, Born at Bishop Stang Friday night at 7 p.m. Another uh, non-playoff game. Attleboro is visiting upon uh, uh, vis- visiting New Bedford, 7 p.m. Friday night. Uh, boy, that was a tough game last week for New Bedford. I, I that was. It. I mean, yeah, uh, we knew they were probably a little outmatched, but maybe not. Uh, we didn't quite realize how outmatched. Yeah, I mean, we knew Natick was good, but uh, you know, they just. I mean, they they just dominated. I pretty much, I guess, on you know, on offense, defense, special teams. Maybe not special teams. Was, was probably the, the bright spot uh, for for New Bedford. At least uh, Mar- that's what Mark DeBrito said when he called in. Um, he praised the play of uh, Baron Hilton and Shamari Jefferson. Uh, you know, on a lot of the kickoff returns, but you know, they ended up uh, putting uh, allowing forty two points while only you know not scoring at all. I mean, it was the second time this year the Whalers have been shut out. The other game was against uh, Bridgewater, Bridgewater Rainham, where you were at that, was that in game. Pouring rain too, so. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of an asterisk on that one. So, uh, I mean, they made the playoffs for the first time in two years, um, you know, but... Uh, third time in uh, Mark DeBrito's four years. Yeah, so so there were some positives, but, you Still know... Still haven't some, won a playoff game under him, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, hopefully they'll be able to bounce back. Um, they're facing a uh, Attleboro team that, that also, you know, suffered a lopsided loss last week. Uh, Attleboro lo- lost to Zavarian 44-6 to in that game. And, um, Usually not a lot of shame in losing as a very No, no, definitely not. Uh, that That's a legitimate uh, opponent there. But, uh, you know, Attleboro's lost two out of their last three games. They've kind of struggled a little bit as well. Um, earlier this season, Dartmouth beat them. Uh, was it 6 to that's 6 nothing. nothing in that game? So if you kind of look at it, if you do the, the matchups. And Bedford beat Dartmouth, Dartmouth by two. Yeah, so, uh, so this could go either way. But I was trying well, to – you, You've seen both teams, right? Yeah, I mean – Attleboro was so early. Uh, I know their quarterback is really, really good, but Dartmouth held him in check. So, I, I mean, I feel like if if New Bedford plays kind of... Dis- Dartmouth's defense is usually more disciplined than New yeah, Bedford's. Um, but I feel like if New Bedford's offense can kind of keep going and keep, um, you know, Attleboro's offense off the field, that they probably have a shot. But New Bedford, you know, they've been a lot of big play yeah. uh, kind of offense. Yeah, That's been the word all so year. So consistency, yeah, um, is a big thing. And I was looking up Attleboro's scoring against and for, and um, they've been outscored just 195 to 185. And you're like, wow, you know, why are they 3-5? and five? Well, when they've won, they've won big, and when they've lost, they've lost big. big. So it's kind of like they've been in a, they've been on both sides of uh, you know Dartmouth lopsided game was games. Probably a little bit of an outlier, then. Yeah, so that was that was the definitely the the closest matchup of the season. Um, but that game is uh, is Friday night. Uh, Adderall is visiting New Bedford at seven p.m. There, Paul Walsh. Yep. And uh, another non-playoff game on Friday night at six p.m. Old Colony is visiting Monomoy. Um, for a uh, you know hoping to bounce back. Uh, well, it's not Sacred Heart, so O'Connor's going to win, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's it, they have two losses all year, and both of them to Sacred Heart. Uh, you know, one was in the be- you know f- the opener of the season, mm. and then uh, one was in the opener of the playoffs. And I feel yeah, like I believe uh, twenty and nineteen points each time too. So yeah, similar. you know, it was pretty close. And uh, as we were saying earlier uh, with the the Wareham Sacred Heart preview, I mean, Old Colony was in this. Mm. Old Colony had a shot. You know, they were down thirteen to eight with a couple minutes left. You know, they apparently scored on a Brad Plissy, you know, touchdown run. It got called back. They didn't end up getting in the end zone. Then um, 
Uh, I think they got the ball back on, on a turnover from Onomoy and through, I think it was, I think it was a pick six. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it was like a 30 year. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And, uh, and that was the final margin of victory was the, you know, um, uh, uh, 27, eight. So maybe they scored one more time, but it was, it was a one possession game with like two minutes left. Um, so they were right there and just a, you know, a couple little mistakes. Um, but, uh, you know, I know that Mendy's going to hopefully, you know, get the team focused on bouncing back. Um, it seems like they, they take it week by week. So last week, let's just, you know, forget about it and move on. Um, but Monomoy, um, they're, they're going to be hungry as well. Uh, they ended up losing to Nantucket last week, 61 to 12. Um, they were down 54, nothing at the half. So it's kind of the, the post embarrassment game when you want to go out yeah. and uh, prove that you're not that team. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just, uh, they couldn't stop, uh, Jack Holgate, um, which, you know, a couple of our teams have faced Nantucket this year. And that kid, uh, he threw for, uh, two touchdowns and rushed for two more touchdowns, um, and just really dominated the game. Um, you know, that the loss, uh, for Monomoy ended up, uh, ending a three game winning streak, um, for them and two of their three losses this year have come to Nantucket. So they've lost to Nantucket twice. And then the third loss came to uh, St. John Paul. Undefeated uh, St. John Paul. Yes. Undefeated St. John Paul. So they, they have legitimate, you know, losses yep. to, to, you know, legitimate they, teams. They haven't lost to a cupcake. No, no. So this, this should be, you know, despite last week's score, uh, this, this should be a pretty good matchup. Uh, the, but the defense in those losses has given up 45, more than 45 points each time. So, um, you know, but, but, you know, on this, all or nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we'll see if old colony, um, you know, can bounce back. I know they still have, they're, they're a break, but don't bend defense. Yes. Uh, old colony, you know, they still have a shot at, uh, at making a little bit of history this year. I think, uh, somebody was saying that if they could finish out, uh, eight and two, um, or nine and two, maybe that that would be the best um, record in school history. So they All only right. have the two losses right now. So so there's still plenty to play for. Plus the the vocational um, tournament as well is you know keep winning and hopefully you get into that as well. So so that game is 6 p.m. Old Colony at Monomoy Friday night, and uh, Fairhaven is visiting Dighton Rehoboth Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, you know, this, this is interesting because another toss up game here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Fairhaven has kind of been on a little bit of a hot streak. Uh, the Blue Devils have won two straight games, including last week's, uh, come, kind of come from ahead uh, and behind <laughs> and ahead and behind, uh, win over Bishop Stang. Uh, they ended up winning 26 to 21, but they were down 21 to 20 in the fourth quarter. They ended up scoring with two minutes left on a Brady Bennett, um, touchdown run and fourth down. Nothing like, you know, an exciting way to, to, to win it at the end. But they had led 14 nothing at that, uh, to, early in that game and allowed Stang to come back. And it was just kind of a back and forth battle. I was sitting there, you know, at Old Rochester kind of keep it, you know, looking at Twitter to see, you know, who was going to win that game. Because um, I, I, I wasn't even sure last week, you know, well, that's I was interesting that they were able to battle back with uh, having the, the roster size that they do. Yes, yes. They're a team that you expect to come out strong, build a lead, and then just try to hold on to it as they get tired throughout the game. But, you know, the yeah. fact that they were able to dig deep and uh, pull out something late is uh, quite impressive. Yeah, so, I mean, so they've really come on strong the last couple of weeks with those wins. And uh, and Dighton Rehoboth uh, is kind of, you know, not to say struggled, but I feel like we say this every every week, you know, that they've uh, they've had a t- tough time this year. Uh, they're three and five. Um, they're coming off of a, a close loss this past week to Silver Lake. It was twenty to eighteen, and uh, this was another uh, game that got won at the end. The Falcons were up uh, eighteen to fourteen when Silver Lake scored with a minute and four seconds left uh, to win the game. So 
it was kind of the opposite for, you know, Fairhaven ended up coming back to win mm. and, and uh, DR, DR ended up losing it. But Dennis Montero, I mean, this kid has been their biggest scoring threat all year. He had a uh, hand in all three touchdowns. He rushed for two and he was on the receiving end of a third uh, from Steven Sylvia, um, you know, for all three of uh, Dighton Rehoboth's touchdowns. And the loss ended up a th- uh, three game um, winning streak uh, for Dighton Rehoboth, who had struggled early on. I think, you know, mm-hmm. weeks ago we were sitting here saying, when is DR going to get their first win? Yeah. And, and they did, and they ended up going on a nice little streak. But unfortunately, that ended uh, this past week at Silver Lake. So this is a game that, you know, I mean, let's see if Fairhaven can kind of keep that that hot streak going, you know, against a DR team that's kind of, you know, been up and down all year. So that game is Friday night, uh, Fairhaven at Dighton Rehoboth at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And Fairhaven could move above 500. Yeah. I when last time they've been above oh, it's been a, a while. Years, yeah. It's been quite a while. Um, so the last game uh, that we're going to preview is uh, for Friday night is Greater New Bedford. Vogue Tech is taking the ferry to Martha's Vineyard uh, for a 7 p.m. game at uh, at the Vineyard, non-playoff action. Uh, 6 p.m. I or 6 p.m. Yep. Six, I'm looking right at the 6 and I'm saying 7. <laughs> Um, yep, 6 p.m. game, and congratulations to the Bears this past week on uh, getting Everyone's getting got to win in our area now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, they ended up uh, winning 19-18 over Southeastern, and um, it was dramatic fashion. Uh, ended up coming with two and a half minutes uh, left in the game, and Jilson uh, De Silva's PAT was the difference. Uh, that's good because I had lost on a two-point conversion yeah. earlier this season. So, so the, glad to see the special teams coming through this time. You know, and they were they were knocking at the door. You know, they've you know a few games they'd kind of been there and you'd saying, oh, when are they going to get over that hump? And they finally did. And um, I know um, Chuck Alera, you know, told the guys after the game, kind of like, you know, it's better it's better that we had to come back and win this because it just, it's more gratifying, you know, and, um, and it is true, you know, when, when you have to face the first one would have been gratifying yes. no matter what I'm sure, yes. but the extra, extra special. Yeah. Uh, on the cake. But uh, I mean, this game was, uh, you know, right from the start, Vogue tech was uh, strong. They ended up scoring on their opening drive for the first time this season. Uh, Miles Silva, um, you know, had a run, uh, for a touchdown. Um, but the bears fo- found themselves down 18 to six mi- midway through the second quarter. So they had to kind of come back and rally, uh, Sheldon Clark ended up scoring a touchdown, as did uh, Figo Palma. Palma, he ended up scoring as well, um, and that set up the uh, De Silva's winning, um, you know, uh, PAT. Uh, so uh, Dana Haywood, uh, I've, we mentioned him almost every week. He uh, he kind of provided a little bit of balance in the the passing it with the passing attack. He ended up catching four passes for uh, thirty five yards, and he also um, had an interception on defense. So you know, he's kind of making it's some plays on both their, sides. Their biggest weapon. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, this is another game that uh, Vogue Tech uh, has a really great shot at winning. I know it's always difficult to to go to the vineyard, you know, the ferry ride, and just, you know, they have set, the vineyard seems like they have such an advantage when teams come there, but uh, Martha's Vineyard is... uh, Hasn't showed up in the win column this year. No, no, Martha's Vineyard is definitely having a down season. Um, Their lone win came with a forfeit over Atlantis Charter in week three. Uh, so technically, they haven't won any games on the playing field um, yet this year, and they've been outscored a combined 229 to 112 uh, wow. this year. So they've they've given up quite a few points, and you know they have been able to score more than uh, than Voke. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, you know, necessarily, you know, um, this 19 points is last week was Voke season high. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it's it's I kind. I believe it's the first time they got three touchdowns. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I think it is the first time they got three touchdowns. Uh, but Martha's Vineyard has scored more than 16 points um, just once in a game. 
while giving up more than uh, 35 four different times. So this is a team that, that struggled on both sides of the ball. Um, this past week, uh, their touchdowns came on a 96-yard kickoff return uh, by Jerry De Silva and a 64-yard scoring strike from uh, Zach Morris to John Morris. Um, you know, for their for their two scores in a uh, 35 to 14 loss to Sandwich. So, I mean, this is another uh, another game that that Voltech should be in. A lot of this week. Yeah, definitely. I might have to get a coin out and just start flipping yeah, it and just... uh, heads and tails. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully the Bears can keep it going and make it two in a row. A little win streak. Yep, and that game is, uh, like I said, 6 o'clock um, Friday night. Uh, Greater New Bedford Volk Tech is uh, visiting Martha's Vineyard. And then uh, quick, I meant to do this earlier uh, before, but uh, we had a little. We put a little poll up on Twitter today asking of the three playoff teams, a uh, team still in contention, uh, who had the best chance of winning. And uh, our results, I think, may be a little, uh, little shaded by who actually responded. Okay. Uh, Dartmouth got the, the most votes. They got 37% of people. Oh, wow. It's about 100 votes when I checked right before we came on here. Um, so it may be uh, a little outdated right now, but 37%. It was very close. Old Rochester, 32%. Wareham, 31%. Oh, so all in the 30s. So they're all in the 30s, all, all always separated by 6% there. So, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what the, you know, I, I think uh, from our point of view, uh, we're definitely kind of expecting probably a Wareham win for sure. Yes. And then uh, and Old Rochester you'd probably consider favored. And then uh, the Dartmouth probably a toss-up game. Yep. And, uh, I mean, you know, if Dartmouth wins, it would definitely be an upset. You yes. Know, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening. As I said earlier, you can follow us on Twitter at SC underscore Varsity, on uh, Snapchat at SC Varsity, on Sna- on uh Instagram. Instagram at SC Varsity. That's what I'm thinking of. And then uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash South Coast Varsity MA. We'll be at all the playoff games and a couple of the non-playoff games. Yep. And as always, you can read uh, all the stories in the Saturday Standard Times and online uh, late Friday night on southcoastvarsity.com and southcoasttoday.com. And all of our leftovers in Sunday's paper. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So uh, emptying out the notebook in Sunday's paper. So we try to give you and then, then you get uh, Buddy's notes next week and then you get into Lori's previews. And yeah. We got you covered all week long.